0: Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Osman, here with my friend of Chabruta and Gordon. Our daft today, Masachet Nidarim, Daf Gimel, page three. So very happily, I guess, in a way, uh, the Masachet really starts very early off by telling us what the biblical sources for this whole concept of these full declarations versus these partial declarations, but that more importantly, that the partial declarations are actually covered. I could have seen another other that sort of we wouldn't have gotten into this until like way into the Masakhtot. But it appears for us actually rather early here. Um, and what it does is, and I'm not going to read this all the way through, but it develops what we call a hekesh, which is essentially a linking between the psukim in Nizirut to the psukim in Nizarim. And it does this by quoting... Um, a very uh long uh brisa here um that essentially shows that the way that some of the laws of Nizirut are written teaches us that partial declarations uh work and therefore they link it to nadarim because of some of the same overlap language and they sort of in a circular way say that since not na- and nadarim are linked together What's true in Nazareth has to be true for Nazareth, and what's true for Nazareth has to also be true for Nazareth. Now, I, again, look that over much more carefully within the Daf itself, but that's sort of essentially uh, what the Hekash is doing there. And again, a Hekash is a tool that's used of exegesis, of, of learning halakha, where we look at how a law, a law that seems to be similar, is presented in one place, Right. And how it's presented in another place. It uses the some language similarity as well. And it says, therefore, what's true of one place has to be true in the other halovic scenario. And that's essentially this heckage that they make between Niziris and Nidarim. And so the Gemara basically wants to start with the question: Mayshna Gabe Nizirut. What's special about Nizirut that it basically ends up being allowed to be the source for partial declarations? Diktiv nazir lahazir, right? It has this double expression in the pasuk of nazir lahazir, right? And so that redundancy is what's used to talk about the partial declarations. Nidarim nami. But we say also with nidarim, we have this redundancy. Because there it says by vowing a neder, right? Which also has this same sort of double language. And that's the pasuk in Bamidbar, chapter six, verse two. lama So in other words, why do I need this Hekesh he- at all? The Since the premise of partial declarations is based on the redundancy of language in Naziris, right, and then we link Naziris to Nadarim, I have a pasuk that also has the same redundancy for Nadarim. So the Gemara answers, I lindor. If the scripture, right, if the pasuk had read a Neder, right, uh, by vowing, right, which is the, uh, and it said, remember, our pasuk says, Lindor neder, right? You you make a, by vowing a neder, But they're saying, let's say the pasuk instead had the the, the noun for it. It says, neder lindor, right? nazir lahazir. As it wrote in the nazir one, nazir lahazir, right? It's the noun before the verb. kidza amart. Then it would be, like you said, lotzerich heksha. We wouldn't need this hekish because it's exactly written in the same way. It's noun followed by verb, Right? But here, because it's, you know, it it has it the other way, right? It's the verb followed by the noun. Torah The Torah basically just spoke in the way that man speaks. In other words, the example in uh, with neders is just a typical way that people speak. The Torah often employs that kind of language. And if you believe in that principle that the Torah writes the way that people speak, You can't learn anything from it because you just say this is just sort of the way that the Torah itself, uh, the Torah uses common language uh, that that humans would use. So the Gemara says, Okay, fine. You explain this according to the person who holds that the Torah is generally written in the common language used by men. But for the person who holds that that's not true, that the Torah does not write, or is not, you know, that that's not the way we interpret the language of the Torah, that we just say, oh, this is the way people would commonly express this. What does he do with this, you know, redundancy of Lindor Neder? So the Gemara basically says that the one, you know, they would have a different way to explain this. He would actually say, right? that the Lindor Nedar is what teaches us about the partial declarations of Nedarim are like full Nedarim. Umakish Gesh Nazirut And then he would compare Naziris to Nedarim. So essentially, they would, he would learn it in the opposite way. The way our Hekesh work that we officially learned, it was Naziris redundancy to Nedarim. But if you do not hold by, the, if you hold by the principle that it's not Kilishon B'nai Adam, that the Torah does not write we don't worry about whether or not the Torah is writing like the language of man, then according to that opinion, you would take the Lindor the uh, the link, the redundancy of Lindor Neder, okay, and you will learn partial declarations from the example of Nedir and then link it to Naziras. Like which direction is the circle going in, right? Are you going clockwise you're going counterclockwise? Like which way? Are you doing Nedir to Naziras, or you're doing Naziras? to uh, Neder, OK? And so according to this approach, right, then the redundancy of Naziris is basically superfluous. So then the Gemara needs to say, Nazir lahazir, right? So then this, Darishle, how would he explain this? Melamed khal chal alhanizirut. That a vow of Nazirus can take place on another vow of Nazirus. In other words, if somebody says, I'm a Nazir of today, and then again says, I'm a Nazir of today, he basically, to, a, a basic vow of Naziris is for 30 days. That person would have to fulfill 60 days, basically. That's what the redundancy tells us. So then the Gemara goes back to the opinion of the person who says, mm-hmm. the first opinion, right, who does Naziris to Nadarim, right, who holds that the Torah is written in the common language of man, right? Unazir lahazir darik. So what what does he do? And uh, so according to that one, right? Uh, that that the that, that you can't learn anything from the Neder one, right? And who therefore explains the the u Nazir la Hazir lasso udo right? And so he's going to basically learn partial declarations from Nizirut. So the Gemara is then going to qualify this a little bit and say Hanicha isfirale. Okay, so what is he going to do then? This all holds with the person who says Naziris cannot, you know, you can't have two vows of Naziris at the same time. e commands Amr niziris al Naziris right? But if he is, if the person who says Ulamant Amr Adam also wants to hold that you can have a vow of Naziris and a vow of Naziris, where is that person going to learn it from? And so the Gemara answer is Namakra Lizor. So the, the 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 Pasuk should have said Lizor is the word to abstain. My lehazir. Why does it say lehazir? Shamat mine tarte. So we learn from this two laws, right? We learn partial declarations and we learn that you can have two vows. And then finally, sort of the Gemara ends with this. The Imri, right? In the West of Eretz right? In Eretz Yisrael, they would say is la mean right? There's one partial declarations from the example of Nader. And there's one who's going to learn it from uh, anything that come from, from his mouth, he should learn, right? This is gonna be the 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 the, the second Tana who holds that the Torah was speaking in the common language used by man. And and so that you're going to learn this from from Nezer. So, uh, you know, this is uh, sorry, excuse me, I explained this wrong, that the first town is the one who's going to say uh, partial declarations from the Nezer, as you said before, by linking it with uh, Nazir's. And the second one is going to learn it just from Nezer itself. So I, I, I think what's interesting about this whole formulation here is like you end up in the same place, right? you end up that partial declarations are declarations, but it's fascinating to see how much attention the Gemara pays. Like the Gemara wants to know actually how you learned it and they're willing to entertain all different ways of exegesis to how you get to it, even though, uh, you know, you end up in the same place. And so I guess if I were to sort of paraphrase this, the it's, the, the, the Gemara is, an interest, is interested obviously in the destination, but the journey is very important to the Gemara. Like how you got there really, really matters for the Gemara.
1: So I have two comments or questions or whatever. The first is the fact that I find it very interesting that Nazir, that the vow of a Nazir and the in general are treated as separate things, right? Instead of saying that the vow of a Nazir is a Nedir and let's call it a day, right? It's, it's given its own, Passage in the Torah, it's given its own masachet, right? And and here it's a whole, you know, back and forth to to figure it out. I, I find that interesting to begin with. Meaning, wouldn't neder by itself be an, an umbrella enough kind of vow to include nazir? And the answer seems to be no. But I find that interesting. And secondly, I think this is business about B'losham Adam that in the way people naturally speak also to be interesting because when I think of oaths outside of this Gemara context, right? When you think about, like, I don't know, the television court case, right, where someone's supposed to raise their right hand and do you swear that everything you should say is going to be the truth? Or, you know, wedding vows. Again, I'm thinking like secular culture, stereotypical kind of vows. They're exactly the opposite of Bilchon Ben-Adam, right? They're formalized. They are fancy, you know, in terms of uh, phrasing and so on and it's not at all um the way people speak again just an observation or a comment or whatever i, I think it's interesting
0: yeah i know i think bo- both two good observations and and, and comments to that and again i think it all has to do with language right like it's paying very close attention to the language of the uh you know of the torah which informs uh, a law or a mitzvah that is all based around language.
1: Indeed. Okay, I'm going to now jump to the latter part of Amidbet, where we're going to talk where the Gemara talks about um, the violations of halacha. Right the 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 sins one incurs one when when one makes a vow, um, not just when one breaks a vow. No, yeah. Yes, let's let me say this carefully. I'll read it inside, and, and we'll see where we go. Amar Mar Uma Nedarim Over Beval Yachel U Beval We have two um, Torah Torah uh, verses, Torah level prohibitions that are violated. One when one breaks a vow, specifically, he shall not profane, and one shall not profane. That's the first one, meaning Beval Yachel, and likewise. There's a prohibition of ba'al that you will not delay, meaning that if then you have to go fulfill it, and that specifically it shows up in the context, or it's used also in the context of the nazir. So first of all, we understand that the idea of you know not profaning in the case of a vow, as we say, I, if somebody says. I'm going to eat this, you know, loaf of bread. And then he, he doesn't eat the loaf of bread, right? Then he's violated the fact of what he's he's broken his word and that is considered um to be I, I keep saying profane it means to 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 break your word, right? <laughs> Let's talk about bulshom Adam. How do we really say these things? Vayachel Devaro. it means that he has he has broken his word. I don't have a better translation. Or again, perhaps a better translation is profaning, and that feels very stilted to me, just because of the nature of the word. I don't think of that as profanity, whatever. Okay, but When we're talking about the not, uh, the not breaking your word of an, of a nazir vows, Where do you find that that's an issue? In you know, to begin with, kevanda amar nazir from the time that a person says. I am now a Nazir. Again, I'm not saying that. Haveli Nazir. From the moment he says that he's a Nazir. Achal Kamle Meaning, in the case of uh, Nazir, if he ate the grapes, right? Because the Nazir is prohibited for eating grapes. Ella bali But in the case of the Nazir, right? If somebody, in the case where he's um, going to... Again, break the word, break the word or profane, the nazirut itself, the phenomenon of taking upon himself this nazirut. Where do we even find such a case? From the moment that the person who becomes a nazir says the words, I'm going to be a nazir. Again, I'm not saying those words. At that moment, he becomes a nazir. That's all it takes. So what happens then, for example, if he eats grapes? Now, just a very, very quick reminder that the nazir is prohibited from eating grapes and all grape products. He can't um, uh, take a haircut or shave, and he cannot come in contact with dead body. And those are like the big three issues that a Nazir is um, swearing off of when he takes upon himself the Nazirut. Um And a Stam Nazir, a Nazir, the the average or the basis of a Nazir is 30 days. And there are those who have um lasted longer or they've taken it upon themselves for longer there's also the phenomenon and i guess we should mention it of the fact that we don't have a beta mcdash nowadays so you can't get out of the nizirut so there was a very very famous rabbi of of late he's no longer alive um who was known as the nazir in jerusalem he lived you know and and he lived to be a very old man with very long hair because he never took a haircut because he was in fact a Nazir. um okay that's really really a sidebar um, but the point here is that here we have a person who, if he eats the grapes after he has already taken upon himself the root, then he is violating that prohibition of Baal um, Yochal, of not eating his grapes, right? And likewise, Shata, if he drank wine, Kam baval Yishteh, then he's violated not drinking wine. Amarava Rava, lavur alav bishnaim. So Rava says the, pro- the prohibition against breaking your word here, Is still going to work to rend. He's going to make the. It's going to make this person who's violated his nizirut. He's violating two prohibitions, right? So then, if he were to then eat grapes or eat or drink wine, whatever, then he's also going to be violating that yet again another prohibition, right? Because of the specifics of that. Meaning the first two prohibitions that anybody who's breaking a a a an an. an oath about whatever is making is on the one hand not, which is the breaking of the word, right? And the other is the timing factor. We haven't yet talked about the timing factor. The Nazir, that's what happens. He's breaking the oath of Nazirut, and then again, if he eats grapes, he drinks wine, then he's he's violating the specific prohibition in addition to the Bal Yachel against against uh, breaking your word. Breaking your word is its own problem. Don't break your word. Um, okay, and then just quickly on this timing factor, where do we find again this timing factor of not delaying when it, once it comes to the the oath of a, of a nazir. There's no delay because it's instantaneous. The moment he says I am now a nazir, he is then a nazir. So what happens is From that moment, right, that he has said that he's a Nazir, then if he were to eat grapes, he would be liable, culpable for violating the prohibition, and he can't eat. But what would happen if instead of that, he said, not I am a Nazir, but I will become a Nazir when I want to? Meaning, I don't want to yet, but when I want to, then I will be a Nazir. And then from the moment of his wanting to, it would kick in. And then if he, if it, when he says, you know, when I want to, that's not immediate. It doesn't go- kick in with a phrase. And so then then the next, so the verse says, but if you just say when I want to, then there's no delay, right? Because whenever you want to is when it kicks in. So you still haven't solved the issue of bal the problem of delaying fulfillment of your word um, in this way. So Rava is going to try to answer this, right? What happens if someone says, I'm not going to, like it says very beautifully, I'm not going to leave this world until I am a Nazir. Um, again, I don't know exactly how anybody could know that, right? And that's exactly the issue. De minha ha Nazir. So according to this understanding, right, he's going to it's like saying he's going to be an Azir from that moment since he never knows when he's going to die. Right. This is flowery language for departing the world. Um, and so the fact that he says when um, I'm not going, I'm going to be an Azir before I die is the same as saying I'm going to be an Azir now because you don't know when you're going to die. And then the gemara brings in a case of how this is actually parallel also to to a case of get. But I'm going to leave that aside. It's not the issue right now. What's interesting to me is the phenomenon of delaying fulfillment of your word is hard to, to present as a violation in the case of nazir because the very nature of undertaking nazirut is that it's you know it, it happens at a certain time. Like it happens with the statement, your words themselves turn you into a Nazir. So if you say, I'm not going to be a Nazir now, I'm going to be a Nazir in, then at that moment, 30 days from now, that person would become a Nazir. And it would happen based on that statement 30 days earlier. So it's interesting that other Nidarim really do have this factor, and Nizirut, so far anyway, seems not to.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting to see some of these nuances with uh, Naziris. And I, I'm just finding it interesting that the Gemara is sort of giving us, we're going to get to Masachat Nazir, right? <laughs> like, and but we're getting a lot of deep description around the language of Naziris, and maybe that's going to be used more as a prototype for for nadarim in general.
1: Or a contrast.
0: Right, or a contrast, Exactly. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talent Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.